Ladies and gentlemen, we're here. I'm part of the click, isn't everybody? <laughs> yes! 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 I, I got an idea, yeah. Peter John Cena! Give me a hell yeah! Oh, a little bit of the bubbly. Too sweet! episode is scheduled for one fall, and it is for your listening pleasure. This is In The Click. What's up, everybody? Baby Huey here, and joining me once again is my good brother from the Bullet Cast. It's Philip. How's it going, man? Hello, Daniel. <laughs> you really doing that now? You're going to start calling me Daniel now? I usually come in with the high energy. Let's start it over. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. You know the name. You know the voice. You know exactly why I'm here. Just in case you don't, I am a 25-year-old piece of gold. I'm the microphone aside, the greatest sports recreational podcaster in the world today, and I am one half of your current reigning, defending, undisputed Bulletcast champions. Yeah, I'm looking. To, I'm looking to be the sole holder after tomorrow night. AEW Revolution. The title's on the line. Huey's in it. Brandon's in it. I'm in it. Cindy. From into the stratosphere and ODQ.com, she's in it. She decided, wanna... she decided to partake this weekend now. Oh, no, she, she does all the AW pay per views. <laughs> but I, I, wa- I want to walk away the sole holder of the Bullet Cast Championship. Man, it's a, it's going to be a big weekend tomorrow with uh, AEW Revolution. I'm looking forward to it. So it's, um, uh... It's a fun weekend, man. I, I like the hype. You know, AEW, it's been a minute since they had like an actual pay-per-view since, what, November's um, uh, full gear. And, and, I like, had, and, I like, and I like that pay-per-view model. As far as like once a quarter, once every three months. Yeah, like that, that's perfectly fine. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, that's a whole other big topic that as far as the pay-per-view structure, as far as WWE and what other promotions have done. I mean, WWE, they've really, in the last 20 plus years, have turned into uh, uh, a pay-per-view machine as far as just once a month doing something. And, you know, there's pros and cons to that for me. Yeah, I'm so used to it now because I grew up in that era when they moved from like the big four because it literally was the big four because it was just four pay-per-views a year to now every month. So, um, but you, for, you, know what, you, you know what I did like not to cut you off yeah. uh, when they had the draft a couple of years ago and they had like raw had their own and SmackDown had their own. Mm-hmm. So there was a pay-per-view literally every two weeks. Yeah. And people were like, oh, my God, it's too much. And then so they combined them all. And oh, my God, they're too long. Yeah. Mind. I and, liked it. I liked having one every two weeks. I, I, I was a fan. I mean, for as like far as wrestling podcasts go, it gave a lot of people content as far as something to talk about between and then outside you throw the, the TV you throw stuff. The, you throw the takeovers in there. Yeah. Oh, oh man, my god, that was, that was fun. Let's do that again. I know that's the thing. It's uh, it's really going to be interesting as far as um, what's going to happen with AEW. Maybe as the years go by, would they stay? on the quarter structure once every three months, or will they eventually evolve into multiple 
uh, more pay-per-views in one year. But I like what they do as far as, so what I, was, I meant to say earlier was, you know, they had full gear, but then remember in December, they had Winter is Coming, and then they had Beach Break. So in between those months from their pay-per-views, they still do something big, like a theme episode of Dynamite. And so I enjoy not, that. Not to mention Fight for the Fallen Fighter Fist. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I enjoy as far as, well, instead of making just like a regular episode of Dynamite, they'll like beef it up and you know, put on maybe these pay-per-view level quality matches and, and feuds on Dynamite. And so that way it kind of helps, uh, you know, kill time in between pay-per-views. So this is the longest period in between pay-per-views as far as November to here we are first weekend in March. Normally it's, yeah, every three months this is a little over three months. So, uh, yeah, you and I and all the other AEW fans have been uh, itching for another big pay-per-view, but I like it because like the vibe, the energy, the the anticipation, you know, it's great. That's a great thing about being a wrestling fan is uh, when you're waiting for that pay-per-view. It, it's uh, it's something we don't necessarily get when you follow WWE as closely as we do because, like I said, they have pay-per-views every month. So the fact that AEW, it's like a slow burn, and so that way you really appreciate it and get excited for a pay-per-view because it doesn't happen all the time. So I'm looking forward to it. Takeover has kind of the same model too, man. Exactly, yeah, it, and that's one thing I love about Takeover. Even though Takeover was in 2020, that quite a bit, if I remember correctly, that Worlds Collide, which was not a Takeover, it was uh, a live special. But it was a live special with NXT versus NXT UK, and then didn't they have? Let's see. Oh, I have to. I should pull it up. But yeah, they had quite a few Takeovers. But then they also had their theme specialty shows on USA, as far as Great American Bash. Halloween Havoc, New Year's Evil. So even though, you know, they, they didn't have, uh, you know, they like to spread out their takeovers. They did the same thing as far as filling that gap in between, like, uh, the two- or three-month period in between takeovers with these big theme shows on regular TV. So I love that. So it, it, it's, uh, um, yeah, like I said, there's pros and cons to both sides as far as takeover and AEW's pay-per-view structure versus WWE's Raw and SmackDown every month pay-per-view structure so it's uh it's so much to keep track of i know we keep uh sound like a broken record at this point just keep talking about here we go another thing but then again like i said for you and i as uh with our podcast it's it's just extra content for to talk about so a lot of stuff man i'm looking forward to it but here we are uh as you said aew revolution is tomorrow live on pay-per-view it's um, uh, uh, it's going to be 4.30 start time with the buy-in show, and that's going to be on YouTube. And also, let me double-check here. I think it said, yeah, uh, AEW's official YouTube channel and BR Live. And then uh, the main show will start at 5 p.m. our time, Pacific time, and that will be on BR Live and Fight TV. So it's going to be the rare Sunday pay-per-view for them. They usually do Saturdays. I like it when it's on Saturday. That way... You and I, if we're watching, we then can uh, do a nice review after. And But for me, on Sundays, it's always a little tough because I get work early the next day. So that's why I'm like, oh, it's going to be tough. And uh, and they're going you know, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. I give WWE credit as far as when they do, they do the Sunday pay-per-views. At least they went back an hour. And so I like that 4 p.m. start time. So that way, if it's done by 7, I still got plenty of time to get ready for bed and whatnot. So uh, uh, for them, it's going to be a late night a little bit on a Sunday with AEW. But nonetheless, hey, excited. A lot of stuff to talk about. But before we get into, uh, we'll do our predictions at the end of this episode. We got to talk about this week's episode of Dynamite. And it was a special one. It was uh, 
they were calling it, let's see, uh, uh, the crossroads. So AEW dynamite, the crossroads. And, uh, man, what an episode here. Uh, uh, there's so much to get into. We'll break it all down. But Phil, what was kind of your initial just takeaways and thoughts from this episode here? Um, I was, I was, I was surprised. This is generally just a good episode of Dynamite. It, yeah. it, it was good. It was fun. I was surprised by some performances where I thought they were going to be bad or abysmal. Yeah. Um, people, people lost that I thought should have won, and you know, vice versa. Yeah. So, dude, there's so much to get into with this show, and I will say this: I very much was with you. I thought it was a very fun episode. While it seemed very chaotic at times, I thought the pacing was really just fast. And it went from one segment to the next, either backstage or in the ring. I enjoyed it. It gave us, you know, got me amped up for the pay-per-view. And I will admit, like, for the last few weeks, I was like, oh, yeah, Revolution's coming. I was like, oh, okay. I was kind of like, you know, I, I mean, I look forward to it, but I was not like, oh, my God, I got to watch it. But after this pay or this episode of Dynamite, it really got me excited for the pay-per-view. I thought they really did a good job of a, quote, go-home show and getting people excited for the pay-per-view itself. And... There's a lot of questions after this episode that hopefully get addressed by this weekend or, you know, in the coming weeks on AEW television. So it's, uh, hey man, it did his job as far as just as wrestling fan go. Just like I said, get me amped up here. So let's just jump right into it. So, uh, the opening match, which I was kind of shocked when they made the announcement that this was going to open up the show. It was going to be Cody Rhodes along with Velvet, uh, excuse me, Red Velvet taking on Shaq and Jay Cargill. Now, I don't know. I didn't hear specifically why they decided to open the matchup or had this to start the show off. Uh, but I'm actually kind of glad it did in some ways. It just, for me, it was like, all right, just get it out, get it out over with. Uh, but I heard some people online thinking maybe they did it early in the show so that way. Whatever they did in the ring, specifically with Shaq, then all the sports outlets would pick up on it and then give AEW some extra buzz. And then hopefully the social media buzz from what happened, it'll get people to start tuning in and catch the show. And then also you think about this was a uh, one big episode promoting revolution. So hopefully by people tuning in from maybe the non-wrestling fans who follow the different sports outlets out there. And then they'll uh, be uh, get that promotion to watch Revolution. So I, I get it from a promotion standpoint. Uh, what do you think as far as having this be the opening match for the show? Uh, it was a great way to get eyes on the product. That's just yeah. as simple as that. You know, like you have this big star who dominated the NBA for like, what, 10 or 15 years I'm not Almost bas- twenty. I, oh, uh, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not a basketball fan. So yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm he, in the ballpark, right? Yeah, no. I think he got drafted in '92, or oh, if I remember correctly. I know I was a kid yeah. when he got drafted. I, I wasn't even alive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, here, let me look that up real quick. So, yeah, give oh, me man. what else other thoughts you might have had. I'll look it up real quick when he entered the league. No, uh, but it was just a, it was just a great way to get eyes on the product. You know, I mean, Shaq. That's a that's Kazam. You remember that movie he did when he was the genie? <laughs> Absolutely. Steel when he had the the movie oh, Steel. Man. Was the Superman uh, character? Yeah, he in, he got drafted by the Magic Orlando Magic in 1992, and then uh, yeah, played uh, his final season in 2011 with the Celtics. So God, he's been out of the league for wait, 10 wait. years now. Wait, he was he was playing all. The, I I didn't know that. Yeah, I thought, yeah. I thought he I thought he left in like 03 or something. No, no, oh, man. Oh no. man, dude, I watched his entire career. So when he entered in 92, I was probably eight, about to be nine years old. 
And so, yeah, I watched his whole career. I was a big fan of Shaq and his style, you know, uh, just, to, uh, you know, for me as a playing basketball myself, I was always like the center or power forward. And so, you know, trying to watch his skills and just try to dominate down low. So, uh, <laughs> so that's my dad's making another cameo but yeah Shaq was the worst free throw shooter ever in the NBA um no but it, it was uh it, it was fun I'm a big fan of Shaq just watching him all these years so the CMB party AEW I was excited for it and so yeah this match started off you know Cody comes out first and then Red Velvet comes out and then uh Jay uh, Gargill came out and then Shaq himself, and Shaq, I like how he comes out. He's like just flexing. The Shaq attack. Hey, I thought it was going to be like all, like, well, I didn't think there would be any definition to the muscles because, like, for being a that big of a guy and you weigh that much, you kind of just, like, set in your ways. Like, you don't look fat. You just look like you look kind of fit, even though you <laughs> might not be. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, for yeah. For people who are that tall. And I was like, oh, he's. I saw the, like, the gym uh, workout. I'm like, oh, he. He oh he he's really going for this. He's really training. And that's the okay. thing, Shaq. You know, Shaq has always had like I want to say I guess I could say yeah weight issues. He's always been a big guy. I mean, you look at him when he came in the league in '92. You know, he was still thick and big, but then you know as he got like by the early 2000s, he was a little bit thicker. And then you know how much weight he would put on and off throughout the season. And so in retirement, you know, he's been out of the league for ten years now. And so. I mean, a lot of these guys, when they just stop playing, you know, they'll put on a little extra weight and that seemed natural. But when he came to the ring, even though he had them with the black tank top and the black pants and he had some, uh, I couldn't recognize the shoes, uh, uh, but it was some, I, uh, some I uh, thought, old school. I, I thought he was going to wrestle in the Lakers jersey. I really did. I thought, <laughs> I thought he was going to break out the old get up, you know, I, I thought he was going to do something like that. Some tearaway pants or something. Yeah, absolutely, man. You know, I thought he was going to come out holding a big thing of Shaq soda. Hey, that, <laughs> hey, I need to find some more of that. That's Shaq soda is underrated. Yeah, so <laughs> he, uh, so he comes out, man. But, uh, you know, from what I could tell, he looked like in great shape. You know, he wasn't like all like, uh, you know, uh, he, he looked pretty trim for his size for someone who's been out of the league for 10 years. So I give him credit. He looked great. And then, uh, uh, so this match, I'll give, I'll just say it. I give Cody Rhodes so much credit. As far as everyone else in the ring who were inexperienced or, you know, doesn't do this for a living, he was the one that had, I felt like had to carry this match because he's obviously the most experienced person in this ring. And I thought he did an amazing job of trying to, uh, make this match competitive and also, <laughs> you know, and he's, he's been injured as well. I think his shoulder, right. He's been dealing with a little bit of a shoulder injury. So on top of that, it, you know, the, the cards were stacked against him. Overall, I enjoyed this match. When I watched it live, I was just kind of like amped up and just enjoying it for what it was. And then I rewatched it last night and then I noticed a few little things. And I was like, Oh, okay. I will say this. This match was very choreographed, very structured. People were assigned jobs and people were had to be at certain places at certain times for these different spots. But it, it worked its purpose because you look on AEW's social media and Instagram. They got all these different little highlights from this match that they're able to chop up and just put out there. And, and a lot of that stuff has been going viral. So for the match itself, it wasn't perfect. It wasn't like completely smooth. But considering the three people outside Cody Rhodes who have you know very little experience, I thought it did its job. Like I said, a lot of great highlights from this, and we'll uh, we'll break it down. Uh, 
So Shaq and Cody start the matchup. I was like, oh my God, because, you know, it's mixed tag rules. So, you know, if a male's in there, the other male has to be in there. If it's a female in there, the other female has to be in there. So Cody starts the matchup. And it makes sense. Jay Cargill, they've been building her up as this special attraction, and it's her first match. So it makes sense for her not to start. It's like when her time is, when she eventually starts in the ring, that's going to be a special moment. So for Cody to start, obviously that means Shaq had to start. So Shaq comes in the ring, and man, he was booked exactly like Andre the Giant. <laughs> like as far as just, I forgot. You know, Shaq is seven one, but in the ring he looks so much more tall. He looked like eight feet tall. But uh, so, what do you think as far as uh, the opening uh, uh, scrumble between Cody and Shaq here? It, he did. He was booked like Andre. He he probably should have done the little Andre yell like the yeah. <laughs> you know, do one of those. I mean, the chops. One of them. I was like, oh god, oh my god, it was. Ah. Great. So, like I said, he he was booked very strong. He's like a giant. He was no soul, no no selling any of Cody's stuff. And then yeah, he was chopping Cody so hard in the ring. It was very basic moves. He was throwing Cody. And Cody was getting frustrated. So from that storytelling standpoint, I enjoyed that. It made sense. Shaq, Shaq is like so much taller than Cody. I, I like that. Um but you know, hey, even give Shaq credit. They locked up, you know, old school wrestling basic lockup. So they did that. I thought that was great. Um and then eventually, you know, Jay tagged herself in, and then so Cody tagged in Red Velvet, and Jay, here we are, makes her big debut in this match here. Um, I'll say this. She has an amazing look. She has that charisma. Like, just looking at her, she has, like, that star power. Great outfit, her, her ring gear. She got, like, the gold boots. Very, like, from a distance, it looks very much like what Mandy Rose would kind of wear a little bit. But at the same time, a little bit of different attire as far as what's, you know, if you look up closely. But from a distance, got the gold boots. And that's the kind of the comparison I made in my head initially. But uh, her ring work hurts itself. Obviously, it's it's still very green. And Red Velvet, to her credit, out of the two of them, she's the more experienced one. She's had, I think, what, this year alone, five television matches. So out of the two, she's, she's still very uh, young in her career as well. But to her credit, she really helped sell red uh jay cargill did uh she helped sell and make red uh i'm just kidding my name's confused red velvet did an amazing job making looking jay gargill look great here so what do you think as far as jay gargill's debut in the ring here uh i think there's potential i i do think there's potential because i mean she, her physique she looks amazing uh, a lot of the uh, i think it may have been red velvet who was throwing some kicks and you could see the shine on a lot of them like ooh. Like, mm-hmm. I could see that didn't really even connect. I could see the air. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I mean, she did, like, a bicycle uh, a bicycle pump kick. And, like, okay, like, like a brogue, like Seamus' brogue. I'm like, okay, that didn't look too bad. You know, maybe, yeah. that, could, maybe that could be the finish or mm-hmm. or, or whatever. Because I, I don't remember. What did she finish the match with? I don't remember. It was that one where she flipped him over. Um, and then she flipped over and, you know, was a flex. Uh, what's it called? Let me look I, here. I, I, I don't uh, remember the move she did there. But, uh, I mean, I, I think there is potential for her. And, I mean, just going through, like, some of the spots, you see Shaq uh, getting out of the ring and beating up uh, Billy Gunn's kids. And <laughs> he did look kind of confused. Like, the ref was like, all right, we're about to do the next thing. Like, once he was over by the yeah. ramp area, yeah. you saw that. Um, Cody slammed him. I was like, okay, I didn't, I didn't expect Shaq to take a bump here. Uh Shaq, he did. He paid tribute to Brody Lee and did the uh, the two hands on the head Ingus. and throws him out. Yeah, yeah and then power bomb him. Cody kind of no sold the power bomb, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I, 
I mean, the spot of the night, we, who, who expected Shaq to go through two tables? Exactly. So, yeah. So, Jade herself, I guess maybe to fill time, she was doing a lot of teasing and flexing. You know, very heelish tactics in the ring. And so, I think that was her way to kind of slow things down and just focus on, you know, hitting and kicking. It wasn't like they're trying to be super fast paced. I think for her, it was like, let's focus on, you know, getting her, her spots in but then pausing and flexing and just develop some character in the ring as well. So I appreciate that. Listen, all eyes are on her. She's been talking a big game on social media and on TV for, for months now, it feels like. So I guess I enjoyed that aspect of like, she's trying to develop her heelish, heelish character as well. So yeah, when Shaq rolled outside and that's the thing, it was very interesting. Even though Arn Anderson is over on Cody's side, QT Marshall was on the uh, 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 standing by Shaq. And I was like, why does he keep standing over there? And it makes sense. I, I think he was kind of helping Shaq call out stuff. Sorry, not to break kayfabe, but I think QT Marshall, his his job that night was to kind of help Shaq get in place and uh, do the specific spots that were needed. Even the ref as well, as I'll touch on a sec, ref was helping. I think Shaq guide him along. If you watch close, like I said, when I watched it a second time, that's some little things I noticed. So Shaq, you know, goes to the outside and you look closely and one of Billy Gunn's kids, uh, he's like snapping his finger. He leans over and he's snapping. I think he's trying to get Shaq's attention. And QT, you can see, like, whispered something to Shaq. And then Shaq puts his hands out and starts backing up. And uh, the other uh, Billy Gunn's son grabs his tank top, and I think it was the way trying to bring him closer. And then that's when he grabbed the chair and hit Shaq. And then that's when Shaq turned around, grabbed both Billy Gunn's kids, threw them, slammed them. So anyway, I could see, like, between Billy Gunn's kids, they, they were in their position for that spot, the chair spot, but they were trying to call Shaq his attention. QT Marshall was also guiding him along. So like I, I they probably you know choreographed this you know earlier in the day, but to everyone's credit, they were trying to help make Shaq look good, and Shaq looked great. Like I said, this unstoppable giant, this monster in the in the ring, and then uh, uh, yeah. So when we went back inside, I was laughing. Yeah, when Shaq did the power bomb, but as you said, the Brody Lee tribute, you know, kissed and put his hands out. He slammed Cody, but yeah, Cody jumped back up within like less than 10 seconds, if that. So I'm with you. It was like he could have sold it a little bit, but I he jumped back up to slam Shaq, and it was uh, almost like a Hogan-Andre. It was like very half slam. You know, it wasn't like over the top of his head, but it was like, you know, he kind of threw him over. So, you know, hey, it was uh, it was a good slam for what it was. So anyway, uh, uh, so Shaq, you know, takes the slam, and then... Jade comes back in the ring and then Shaq stands back out back in the corner. But it was interesting. He was standing on the opposite side where he was standing and he kept like wandering towards the middle of the ropes. And I was like, whoa, why does he keep standing way over there? He was blocking the hard cam shot because he's so tall. And then I could see the ref, as you mentioned, was kind of telling him to like go back and he started scooting back over. I think he was a little bit early for that table spot because we saw red velvet set up the tables outside and he remember QT was like go back in there QT had to help set up the table hey red velvet with a beautiful moon salt to the outside yeah oh my god that was great as well that uh yeah no that her like i said that moon salt was great what she did in the ring to help sell for jade was great as well and then so when Shaq started rolling over when she started rolling or when Shaq started moving towards the ring the middle of the ropes I was like, oh, something's going on here. And that's when Cody, 
you know, took advantage and ran across the ring and jumped on Shaq. Shaq caught him. They fall back into the table spot, into the two tables. It worked out perfectly. The tables exploded into a million pieces. Shaq was laying there, knocked out. Cody was laying on top of him. <clears throat> um, when I was watching, um, the, the camera was set on Shaq, and Shaq, you know, tapped Cody a couple times. I think as a way to like let him know, hey, I'm okay, I'm okay. You can get off me now. He rolled off, and then the camera cut away. When they came back, Shaq was laying there, knocked out. It was his best acting job ever. I thought, <laughs> and he was good in Kazam. How dare you? <laughs> so yeah, so uh, um, and then uh, Red Velvet and Jade, you know, did their thing in the ring, and then Jade uh got the pin on Red Velvet. So on uh, AEW's website, they said J- Red Velvet. Uh, was counter and Jay pancake her face and scored the pin for her team. So, uh, let's see. Red Velvet spear Jade. Red Velvet was counter and then Jay pancake her. So I don't know if they have an exact name for her finisher yet, but you know, she slammed Red Velvet down and then spun her over. Kind of how like AJ Styles will flip someone over out of a Styles clash for the pin. And, but she, she started flexing towards the camera and yeah, Jade and Shaq got the victory here, which, Makes sense. Jay Gargill was the big, pumped-up new talent for AEW. She was not going to lose her first match on national television. But a uh, very fun match here. I Part of me felt like this could have been maybe on a pay-per-view with the star attraction. But unfortunately, the timing of it all was you know just not in their favor. Because last weekend was the Canelo boxing match. That uh, Revolution was supposed to be last weekend initially, but they bumped it to this weekend. This weekend is the NBA All-Star Game, and Shaq, I think, has to his priorities has to be there. So they had to do this on TV, which is fine by me. I think this was a great way for AEW to get some buzz and get some extra promotion for Revolution as well. I mean, it worked out at a rating standpoint. They almost had a million people tuning. It was like a high 900,000 uh, compared to NXT, it's like yeah. 600,000. I think it was like 963,000 or something like that. I mean, like I said, man, this whole episode of Dynamite, just, it, it just kind of flowed. It, 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 it just it was cool, you know? Yeah. It was nice. Uh, I, I didn't expect Shaq to be that... I didn't expect him to perform that well. I'll, I'll say that. Exactly. I, you know? Um, do you want to see Shaq again in the ring? That's, that's my real question. I... Like, do you want to see him in a one-on-one sense? Probably not. He he cannot do one-on-one. I, I could it, it just, be a manager. I mean, the, the the obvious answer is him and Big Show, or excuse me, Paul White. So, like, hey, no more BS. Exactly. Like, I I guess I kind of still want to see that, but it's like, how do you do that? Obviously, Paul White's very older now. Shaq is inexperienced, so you almost got to do maybe another mixed tag, maybe. Well, you know, uh, Paul. He said he, he's got a, he got he got some left in the tank. That, that's what he said. He said he, this is the best he's felt in like fifteen years. So I don't know. Really? Now is it? And has he been working out? Has he been like yeah, feeling better? Dude, he has abs up? now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what I'm saying. And uh, you know, Mark Henry's kind of said the same thing. Not to go on a tangent, but like mm-hmm. a lot of these guys of that older elk, you know, they're getting in the best shape of their lives right now. So you look at Edge as well. Edge got into abs- shape. Absolutely. You know, you you don't know. You never know. Yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate because I think some of these guys in their minds feel like they're not ready to quit yet. But unfortunately, WWE, where they were before, they're the ones who kind of tell you, well, you know, we're going to start working on maybe these other groups of guys and we're not going to need you as much. And so 
maybe they're trying to put these guys more into that legends deal and they're like no i'm not i'm not done like i still got a lot to offer and so maybe that's why some of these guys have moved on i mean we've seen that for years back in the 90s how many guys, like macho man remember macho man they tried to put him as a commentator for the longest time and he still wanted to wrestle and eventually went to wcw and how many yeah, guys went he, to wcw he, macho was like what 41 or two one at that 41 and like oh no and then like you look at guys like dustin rhodes is what 52 this is a career jericho. renaissance and you, Jer- you jericho AJ as well. styles aj Styles isn't he what aj like 42 43 absolutely you look at christopher daniels like he like he shouldn't be able to move that well at 50 years old yeah so it, it, it's i and that's i think something great you just touched on as far as these wrestlers in the last 10 15 years have t- taken such great care of their bodies now they're able to go longer in their careers and their age versus guys back in the 80s and 90s who were too old by the time they hit 40 guys who hit 40 now are just are 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 thriving look at Sheamus Sheamus is like arguably putting up some of his great matches right now in WWE so that's a whole nother issue I mean that's something like when I thought like when the Undertaker made his comments couple months ago now about uh, wrestlers being soft i'm like no i think just wrestlers are also taking really good care of their bodies now and that's why they look great at their older age so but that's all like i said a whole other tangent (laughs) but but with that being said yeah there's guys in wwe who who may maybe wwe doesn't want to use them anymore but yeah they can find work elsewhere so paul white he i'm curious to you know he says he feels great and all that stuff but when we see him in the actual ring, that's yet to be seen there. I don't know. Mark Henry, I think says he wants to do one more match as well. I mean, to be honest, those guys still, some guys get like that farewell retirement match and some don't. And so I wonder if those guys, Mark, Mark got the speech, even though he didn't actually retire. He <laughs> yes, got the speech. Exactly. Yeah, he got the speech. Greatest swerve in WWE history. But, uh, so, yeah, with that being said, maybe they feel like, okay, well, I didn't get my retirement match. Maybe I'll go elsewhere and get one more good match or one more good run. And then that way I can feel satisfied where my career ended. So, yeah, with Paul White, I would like to see him maybe against Shaq, even though it might be a little 10 years too late. But, yeah, Shaq, sure, I like to see him as a special attraction, but I, I think he needs to be in some sort of a tag match or a mixed tag match. He cannot carry a match on his own, unfortunately. <laughs> so, uh, but, no, what Shaq did here was great. And, you know, with AEWB on TNT, Shaq works for the NBA on TNT. I, I think more crossover in the near future. I'm all for and it. And they, they got that new documentary out, Inside the NBA. Yeah, I want to watch yeah. that. I saw them tease that during the com- uh, commercial or picture-in-picture I mean, I grew up watching the NBA on TNT for years, but it's funny. They're like Shaq is part of that group. And, you know, before Shaq joined, like Magic Johnson was on the color commentary team. So I'm curious if they'll acknowledge the other guys who came before Shaq as well on the broadcast thing. I mean, it's been it's been Ernie Johnson, Kenny Smith and Charles Barkley for years. But before that, it was Magic Johnson. I think Chris Webber did some stuff. They had a variety of guys in the studio. But when Shaq came they became that four man booth. That's where they really gelled as this fun NBA show to tune in for. But yeah, I definitely want to watch. It. I think the first episode was this the other day. So looking forward to that. All right, moving on over to the next match of the night, total squash match here, Pac and Ray Phoenix, two thirds of the death triangle taking on John Skyler and D three 
Philip, I don't know what we could say. It was a total one-sided match. It was what less than like 90 seconds here. I thought Pac and Ray Phoenix looked awesome. Ray Phoenix, dude, when he was running on the ropes and kicked the guy in the face, I thought it was a great spot right there. Bro, God, they're so I, good. I say this every week. He's just hella raw. Yeah. He's just so good, man. Like, why isn't he in this ladder match? I know. Like, I he, know. Could be, he could be like Kofi in the Rumble. Kofi never has to win the Rumble, but it's always exciting. Uh, Ray Phoenix could be in a ladder match all the time. Doesn't have to win, but it's always exciting. Exactly. I know for the Lucha Brothers, I think I said this before, a lot of people like Pentagon. He's probably the more popular going back to their days in Lucha Underground. Ray Phoenix has always been my favorite. And so... Ray Phoenix, I hope he gets maybe an opportunity, at least a TNT title in their future. I, he deserves a big singles run at some point. I'm a big fan of his. Uh, next up, I really enjoyed this. It was uh, Chris Jericho and MJF's Revolution press conference here. So, <laughs> so they come out to the ring, and you know they got the the um, what do you call that the. The, uh, the podium podium set up there and you know they got the rest of the inner circle behind them and they start taking questions the first one was some guy from barstool sports yeah he looked familiar but the microphone wasn't working properly so i barely heard what he said yeah um actually let me, let me see they have it here I, I, i've seen him before yeah 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 dasha was moderating uh and then after dasha. that yeah oh yeah dasha and then after that uh conrad thompson came up which i old, popped old for. turkey tits <laughs> i've called turkey tits i love that's, that that's a callback to that first press conference in 2019 when they first announced aew Oh, yeah, that's right. Conrad was one of the hosts. That was like January 2019, right? Yeah. In yeah, Jacksonville? January 8th, 2019, yes. Oh, my God. So who called him Turkey Tits then? Was that MJF? Yeah, yeah, MJF. Oh, thank you for pointing that out to me. I I forgot about that. Oh, my God, that's great. So um, it makes sense with Conrad. I like how he name-dropped Grilling with JR. But, you know, he's done so many other podcasts. And a lot of them are all with AEW talent. That's the thing. I let him have the name Podfather. I, I licensed it to him. I like what you have now, though, the microphone messiah. Hey, man, I was doing a radio project, and that just kind of popped up, and then Seth started doing the Monday Night Messiah thing, and I'm like, all right, you know, we'll, we'll run with this. You're the most influential person out there now. All it's, these other wrestling people are taking your name. See, I'm I'm glad somebody. I'm, I, give me my flowers, baby Huey. That's all I okay, want. I will. I will get you that. And then uh, next up, it was Eric Bischoff. Uh, oh no, excuse me. They had another guy from uh, Barstool Sport. That guy that was on Takeover, the last Takeover. The guy with like the blondish hair. He was doing the Takeover pre-show. Um, what was the last take? Oh, uh, the St. Valentine's Day. Oh, Vengeance Day? Vengeance Day, yeah. St. Valentine's Day. I was going to say Massacre. No. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, Takeover Vengeance Day. He was on the pre-show. Remember when Eli Drake came out? with uh, He was with Wade Barrett and, and Sam Roberts. That guy. So that guy went from NXT to now a few weeks later. He was on uh, an episode of Dynamite. So wow. I guess Barstool Sports, man, they got the influence. They can have their people appear on multiple wrestling promotions now. I guess so. Great for him. And then, uh, um, yeah, Eric Bischoff comes the, out. The Bish. I, yeah, I still pop. I used to see Eric Bischoff on TNT. That symbolically takes me back to my childhood and just watching Nitro back in the day with WCW. So that was great. And then it set off, uh, uh, you know, Jericho and MJF about, you know, what they did to Papa Buck and all that stuff. And then we see the Young Bucks come out. 
And dude, I don't know about you. I think and uh, the Young Bucks cut the promo of their life here. This this was one of the best promos ever. You know, like they, they, they talk about how you know everything like DIY guys. Like if it wasn't for Papa Buck, there'd be no being the elite. We wouldn't have made it this far. Hell, there'd probably be no AEW because you know yep. I mean the Bucks are they're a crucial part of AEW. Yep. Like let's say Cody stays in WWE, the Bucks are still just in Japan with Kenny. We we wouldn't have we wouldn't be talking about this right now. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Well, and and I I got I got to throw it to the books. I mean the disses in this promo, like MJF. If if it weren't for us, you'd still be living at home with your parents unemployed. And Jericho, oh, oh man, what would you best. be doing? Jerking the curtain at the performance center? I was like, damn. That was that was cold, man. It, it was a. I don't know if you've ever seen a super hot fire. Like the dude, like. When he disses somebody, all his friends are like, oh, yeah, yeah that's the moment I had. Because, yeah. I mean, like, think about it. If there was no AEW, Jericho might be doing that. Let's be real. And he might be, at this point, he might not be really used for anything. He might just be occasionally on TV. Uh, you look at the creative stuff. I mean, what would Jericho still be doing in WWE? Like, what would they be using him for? So that's a great point that you brought up there and what they yeah. even joked about. They might try and make him a producer at this point, you know what I mean, or some sort of legends deal. And just put him in the next day. Exactly. <laughs> but no, it, it, it's funny because they say without Papa Buck, there would be no Young Bucks. And part of me was like, well, yeah, he's your father. If he didn't make you, you wouldn't exist. But I get it more symbolically as far as their wrestling career. So it was just cool as far as they really stressed that it was their dad who shaped the man that they are as far as like you said DIY building the ring and them starting their wrestling career so very powerful promo here it, it, it was like I said I think their best promo ever arguably I haven't seen what they've done in Ring of Honor in New Japan but that that alone was like it just emotionally got me so invested and just really sold what happened last week when their dad got beat up by the inner circle or MGF and Jericho specifically and then yeah um, it was great so um you know, Santana Ortiz start taking talking crap and then it leads into this big brawl. You know, uh, uh, Young Bucks super kick them and it just, you know, everyone's going at it. And then, uh, uh, we see the good brothers come out. I like how the good brothers, even though they're technically impact wrestling superstars or wrestlers, they're getting so much TV time on AEW. It feels like they're part of the AEW roster at this point. <laughs> so they come out and make the save. They bring the tables out. And I love that spot where they timed it. They had Santana Ortiz on the different tables. And Nick Jackson does the swanton. Uh, uh, right? That's the swanton, right? Um, yeah, that, that whole thing took a little too long to set up, though. Yeah, it did take a long time. But you could tell like they're trying to call out everyone like, hey, get to your spot. Um, so uh, he jumps off the to top of the the equipment over there by the entrance ramp and then matt jackson does the running elbow and uh, they both hit the tables like perfectly almost at the same exact time and so uh they look tall here man as far as going to the the matchup this weekend and then uh so no i thought that was a very fun segment overall and just getting some heat for uh, everyone involved here uh next up probably one of my favorite moments of the night tolly blanchard First time wrestling on TV in what thirty two years, but he's had matches. I think even up to like thirteen years ago. But they were yeah, like he had a he had a match with Dustin Rhodes in two thousand seven. Apparently, yeah. So they were they were kind of a little misleading on like a he, national stage. That's what they I, were trying to get at. Yeah, yeah, but exactly. Hey, throw throw that up there. Yeah, he comes, he comes out with the old U.S. title. FTR is wearing the old NWA titles. Oh, and so James Julius Dillon accompanies them to the ring. I was like. 
Oh my God, it's JJ Dillon. Listen, I know they're heels. I popped so hard seeing JJ Dillon. I was like, oh my God. And he looked great. I looked it up and let me just double check here. I think he's 78. Yeah, I saw him at Starcast. I'm like, oh my God, this is JJ Dillon. Yeah, he's 78 years old. He's almost, he'll be uh, 79 in June. He looked great. I He still looks the same. Like, I saw him, and I was like, it took me back to when I saw that's, him as a kid. That's the privilege of those guys who lived that hard lifestyle in the 80s. They've looked old for, like, the last 35 <laughs> to 40 years. Like, Arn Anderson has literally looked the same since 1988. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, he's, looked, he's looked like that all the time. And his son looks exactly like him. So, uh, no, but that's funny you say all that. I, 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 I love that as well. So, um you know, they come out, they take on Jurassic Express. And listen, I, I know, you know, Tully's much older, but I enjoy, I, even like I said, their heels, I was rooting for them. <laughs> I love Tully Blanchard. Like, he looked great in the ring for his older age. He came and was kneeing, uh, I think it was Marco Stunt in the corner. Like, I was popping to see him put knee Marco over and over. He looked good. It was like selling it. And Marco Stunt, to his credit, you know, he's younger, he, he's, you know, shorter, you know, lightweight. He's kind of like the perfect opponent for Tully at his age. So the matchup made sense. Like, you think they're going to have a singles match? <laughs> I mean, hey, man, I don't know. I don't he, know did, Tully... he, he did the, the sling, the slingshot suplex, you know. Dude, that was great. I was like, that's that's my move. I, I've always appreciated that move. <laughs> and uh, Luchasaurus gave him the, uh, what was it, like the, the, the tail whip, the back the kick. The, yeah, he was going like, to choke slam him, but he stopped and then yeah. did the kick. Because, I mean, he's not going to take a bump like that. No. You know what I mean? So he'll take like a graceful fall. Yeah, and then remember when he was going to look like he was suicide dive, but then he stopped and then started strutting. Hey, he, I got worked. I'm not going to lie. I got worked. I was like, is this old ass really about to do that? <laughs> well, you think about it because what was it like? What 2019 when we saw the Rock and Roll Express and they one of them did the suicide dive. Well, they're, they're crazy, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like hypothetically, I'm thinking like these old guys are thinking I still got to do a suicide dive. I'll, yeah, but I'm like Tully Blanchard never did a suicide dive. Yeah, he it was just you know no dives, all fists, right? Like yeah. what FTR is all about. No, yes, this sir. match was a lot of fun. I mean, uh, uh, Lucha Swords looks like he got new ring gear as well. Got the the newer mask, uh, jungle. I mean, they worked their ass off. It was a lot of fun. I, I you know, it was uh, um, it was all about FTR. And then eventually, we saw at one point they tried using the shoe. JJ Dillon gave them the shoe, and they used it. I was like, oh my god, this is so four horsemen tactics from the eighties and the NWA. I was like, oh my god. Uh, speaking of good. speaking of the NWA, got to say RIPD, uh, Jim Jim yeah. Crockett Jr. Yeah, yeah, no, that was uh. uh Dude, the timing of it, because news started circulating like towards the end of Dynamite. And I'm like, oh my God, like you had this great episode of Dynamite where all these guys who have their roots in the NWA doing their thing, getting a lot of buzz, and the guy who was like the promoter for them passed away. So just the timing was very eerie. So yeah, RIP to uh to uh Jim Crockett Jr. And uh I, I was gonna maybe uh, record something later. I'm trying to kind of collect, collect my thoughts and, you know, about that later. But, uh, uh, no, very sad moment for, for everyone, you know, involved with the NWA back in the day in the early stages of WCW. So, yeah, RIP to him. But the, the match here, uh, eventually we see, like, this cameraman who comes in and hits, uh, um, uh, was it hit Jungle Boy? Let's see. 
Someone in black interfered in FTR. Oh, uh, let's see. Luchasaurus nailed Tully with the tail whip. At ringside, someone in black interfered. FTR used the sp- spike pile driver, and Tully pinned Luchasaurus. That was the best part, also. Tully got the pin here on Luchasaurus. That was Dude, great. like, I, I don't think I've ever told you this, but, like, Tully Blanchard's one of my favorites. Like, I know I wasn't alive during his era, but, like, yeah. watching back the stuff of him and Arn, and I told Arn this when I met him, like, dude, you and Tully Blanchard tearing it up. Those are some of my favorite tag matches. Arn was like, oh, yeah, he was good, wasn't he? Like, it was just, it was just fun, man. Like, it's awesome. Well, you know what's cool? Also, just a shout-out for Arn Anderson. If you have a chance on YouTube, so they got the Arn show he does with Conrad. And uh, they've been putting more clips on YouTube now. So I've been able to kind of catch some clips here and there of him talking about various events. So um, that's what you got to do, man. You got to put some clips on YouTube for people to check out. So uh, check it out. So he's talking some stories about Tolly and whatnot. Um so after the match, we see FTR, Tolly, and JJ all celebrating the ring. And you see the guy. Sean Spears? Yeah, and then Sean Spears reveals himself. I was thinking about him like that morning. I'm like, dude, whatever. Like, what's going on with him? Yeah. And then boom, like, hey, when FTR get the titles again, Sean Spears needs to be TNT champion. So that's the thing. So let's, yeah, let's break this down because this was a big talking point. So Sean Spears takes off the hood and the mask, and he's the guy that had the camera to hit Luchasaurus. Um, they're celebrating. Arn Anderson comes out, points at all them, and then raises up the four horsemen salute. And hey, JJ Dillon, I, Tully give it back to him. I, I popped for that. It's a shame that Ric Flair's not on the best of terms with all those guys right now. Yeah. Like, you, you, have you been reading that? So, what exactly did Ric Flair say in that interview? Uh, it's just like, you know, uh, and this is, I'm surprised this is coming out now because it was about like his son, Reed, who passed away in what, 2013? Mm. Yeah, so like just like not a lot of text messages, not a lot of like, oh. hey, how you doing, bud, and all that other stuff. And I'm like, oh wow, you know, that's that's a shame. You know, hopefully they all make amends before you know they eventually pass on. Yeah, but um, getting back to that, like I I wouldn't mind seeing JJ Dillon around a little bit more. Like let's say Tully, like I got FTR tonight. Can you handle Sean? Like mm. I I wouldn't be I wouldn't be opposed to seeing that. So that's the thing. It led to a lot of people speculating. All right, we've been hearing rumors that there was going to be like a Four Horsemen revival in AEW. And it made sense as far as, okay, we see FTR doing stuff with Tully. Now, who are going to be the other two members? A lot of people were speculating, okay, maybe it's Sean Spears because Tully was his manager as well. But he's been off TV for a couple months, so maybe was that whole thing dead in the water or just fell apart? Well, no. Now, obviously, we see Sean Spears back. He's got the bleach mohawk now. Much better. I enjoyed the the mohawk, the bleach mohawk better. Uh, and then, uh, so they're smiling with FTR. So now it's like, who's the fourth man, brother? <laughs> it's like, who's going to be the fourth person? You see Arn Anderson come out and give the salute. He's with, you know, Cody Rhodes right now. Is it going to be Cody? Do you want it to be Cody? Like, what are you thinking? Uh, I mean, Cody, like... He's been a lovable babyface ever since he left WWE. And I mean, like, we've seen him out here in the Bay Area. He'll be yeah. a babyface at the beginning and then turn the crowd around and be a heel. Yeah. Hey, man, let's see a serious heel run from Cody. Because I think every every defining performer has that now. I mean, you, you, I'm looking at Austin behind you. His wasn't all that great. You know, the stunning Steve stuff. Like yeah. that was that that was his defining heel work or whatever. Mm-hmm. Rock, he's had so many defining heel moments. Every great character needs that. You know what I'm saying? Like for Jericho, what happened when he started putting on the suit? You know mm. what I mean? Cody already walks around in a suit. Like let's see him be a real douche. 
and possibly that could finally well, get him to where he wants to be, and that's the AEW World Champion. Wasn't he kind of like a heel in Ring of Honor for a bit? Well, yeah. Yeah, 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 because he was like... What, kiss what the I, ring, right? Yeah, kiss the ring. Like, what I do is classy. You know, I'm not a spot monkey like the rest of you. That's kind of what he, that's... He took the WWE style to, to Ring of Honor, which is a lot of boom, 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 boom. And then he went to Bullet Club in New Japan. It yeah. was kind of heelish there, but over time, the Bullet Club and his... When he became part of Bullet Club and then he was making appearance on Being the Elite, that's why I think Being the Elite really started taking off in the Bullet Club. Yeah, that's that my favorite car- era of Being yeah, the Elite. Yeah, so that incarnation, the Bullet Club really started getting over as more just as like a fan favorite, regardless of being heels or baby faces. Yeah, I mean, he's been a heel. Like the Cow Palace match with Kenny, he was a heel going into it, but he yeah. left his face. Yeah. I mean, we're, he hasn't been a heel on a national stage. Okay, gotcha. That's that's um, my point. Hmm. I mean, part of me is like, yeah, I, I think Cody would make sense. But here's my thing. You know, his dad's dusty. Dusty was the guy who would hunt or go after the four horsemen. They're Dusty like, joined the NWO. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. But but I'm just saying, like, it to me it would seem so wrong to see Cody join a version of the four horsemen based on his dad's legacy. Like, I'm thinking maybe everyone's speculating maybe Arn or Cody would turn on Arn or something. Or maybe Arn tried to recruit him to join the Four Horsemen, but Cody's like, no, I'm not going to join. That's everything I, I stand against for. And then Arn turns on Cody, and Cody takes on this new incarnation of the Four Horsemen. That's part of me, what I would kind of like to see. So that way it's like the old revival of his dad and and that, you know, his dad taking on the Four Horsemen, Cody taking on this new Four Horsemen. You think about it, him and Sean Spears had their beef. When Sean Spears hit him with the chair, that was that well. was the most high profile Spears has been. I know exactly. Um, so and this thinking- is kind of his last shot, basically <laughs> to the head. No, um- no, no, like this is kind of his last shot with Sean Spears. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. No, like, this, this is, is it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's what I'm thinking. I mean, the obvious answer seems like Cody Rhodes, but then I was thinking, like, who else could it be? Could it be someone else on the roster? I mean, I was thinking about, like, all these guys, what they have in common, they all used to work in WWE, too. So maybe that's kind of like an angle. FTR, Sean Spears, Cody, they're all former WWE guys. Maybe that could be something they could kind of tap into and joke about. But here's something I thought about, and I was thinking, okay, think about it here. Four Horsemen, their roots are the NWA. You got Sean Spears, you got FTR. So you got the tag team. You got Sean Spears, who could be like the mid-card guy. You need a main eventer. You got Tully. You got J.J. Dillon. Maybe Arn Anderson starts joining with them. What else are you missing? You're missing that main eventer. And sure, Cody does seem like the obvious choice. What about this? AEW has been working with the newer version of the NWA. What if it's Nick Aldis and he brings the 10 pounds of gold? What about his strictly bit NWA? Actually, they fell apart, so that doesn't even matter anymore. Yeah, yeah, no, I know he has, <laughs> I know he had strictly business and NWA power, but unfortunately, was it Royce Isaac? He left NWA. His contract was up, and then uh, um, I don't know what everyone else's status is. I know NWA made the announcement they're going to come back with the pay per view and new episodes of NWA Power on Fight TV later this month. But I was just thinking. What better way to kind of get some fresh blood and kind of get some um, a buzz going is Nick Aldis joins 
a new version of the Four Horsemen. He has the NWA Ooh. World's Heavyweight Championship, and 10 pounds you, of gold. Let's say they run roughshod over Dynamite and Cody comes out because you remember they have the history. They have and history, they, too. And then we, it'd be a rubber match. Cody won the first one. Aldis yep. won the second one. Yep. What, you know, I'm like, just thinking. I'm just hypothetically thinking because Cody can take on the Four Horsemen like his dad used to do. He has beef with Sean Spears, FTR. Maybe they can joke about their time in WWE. Nick Aldis, yeah, they fought each other all in, and then they had the rubber match at and or excuse me, the second match at NWA seventy, NWA ten pounds of gold. That's a belt Cody, you know, hypothetically has a lot of respect for because of his dad. So, I mean, so there's a lot of possibilities here, and that's the great thing about this segment. It raises a lot of questions too, so that's what I'm excited for. So anyway. I'm just throwing it out there. We'll see what happens. Who knows? Uh, but yeah, so I'm excited for it. Uh, next up, we saw uh, Paul White come out with uh, Tony Schiavone. He just pumped up their new show that's coming to AEW Dark Elevation. And then, uh, you know, Paul White grabs the microphone. And just the main thing was he said that he has a scoop and that at Revolution this Sunday, uh, they're going to, AEW is going to announce a new signing, someone of Hall of Fame worthy talent. So, obviously, everyone's speculating. Who is it? Who could it be? Do you have any ideas who you think it might be? Kurt Angle just put up a thing on his Instagram, a, a video of him getting ready and to be continued. Oh, my God. He put that up this morning. And uh, people are like, Batista. Batista's like, no, we need to come up with a new term, retired, because I'm not doing it. Uh, <laughs> there, there's Mark Henry. You know, he, and then uh, Christian apparently uh, talks with WWE fell through. And, I mean, you know, I had this discussion with Brandon. He Like, Brandon has very strict – uh, thoughts about a Hall of Fame, not like the WWE sense, but like a traditional one. Okay. And I'm like, hey man, Christian's Hall of Fame tier. Like you, you look at the 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 WWE run tag team division, whatever. He goes over to TNA, makes a huge name for himself. G- gave that WWE ECW in its dying days some really great content and good matches. Mm-hmm. And then of course the run with Randy for the World Championship. Like Cr- Christian's Hall of Fame tier. If it's him, I'll pop. I'd love to see Christian Cage in AEW. I'm not going to lie. So that's the thing is. And, and then the obvious people are like CM Punk. That's yeah. always going to be around. Yes. Yeah. Because the window is closing on that. But if it's him, like, do they have the rights to call the personality? Because if he's not coming out to that, I honestly don't want to see it, to be honest with you. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, Based on what Paul White said, by the way, as you mentioned earlier, he had the no BS shirt. So no big show. I guess that's a play on words. I, 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 I'm sad. I'm never going to hear the well. I'm, I'm never going to hear that again. One day, one day you'll hear it again. <laughs> one, one, one day, one day when he goes into the WWE Hall of Fame. So it says Hall of Fame worthy talent. So there's a lot of people trying to analyze that statement. Does this mean someone that's already in the Hall of Fame, WWE Hall of Fame, or is yet to be in there? Because hypothetically, as you said, Kurt Angle, he's already went to the Hall of Fame. Is it Christian maybe makes more sense because he's not in the Hall of Fame yet. I, are you ready? Are you ready? Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> no, it's <not>. Coco Beware. Greg <laughs> I mean, the Hammer Valentine. I mean, whoever it is, it's better be someone good like Pop because, you know, sometimes I think AEW really hypes up these signings and it's like, oh, okay. And it's kind of a little bit of a downer. Or underwhelming. Yeah, so I kind of had that th- feeling when uh, Lance Archer debuted. On, I'm like, oh, really? I thought it was going to be Brody Lee. What is this? Yeah, 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 yeah. So I don't know. I'm. 
I mean, sure, we could speculate. I mean, people are like, oh, baby, it's Brock Lesnar. His merch is off WWEshop.com. Yeah, they went off last summer when his contract expired. That's just normal protocol. But I, I don't see Brock going away from Vince at all. Vince, he knows he can get his money from Vince. Uh, CM Punk, it's like, yeah, as you said, it's always going to be there, speculation. I mean, people were like Ronda Rousey, and I'm like, hold on, let's 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 slow that down. She was only there for a year, only in the business for a year. Plus, her contract doesn't expire until what night one of WrestleMania. Yeah. So, so anyway, I'm just saying, like, I mean, Christian makes sense because he's someone who's not in the Hall of Fame yet, but we both agree he is Hall of Fame talent. And apparently, there the latest I saw online was. He never signed a new deal with WWE when he made his Royal Rumble appearance. It was like a one-time thing. His contract with Fox Sports 1, where he does that WWE backstage, that expires. So technically, he is a free agent now. And as you said, I guess the talks have broken down as well. Um, Kurt Angle you know, was let go by WWE, but he's already in the Hall of Fame. So it, it, it's a lot of gray area right now. So I'm sure we could speculate. RVD? <laughs> RVD is another name I saw out there as well. I mean, we'll get to be seen. I mean, at this point, like if we overanalyze this, then I think we're going to get such high expectations. Who is it? Whoever it's going to be, it's going to be so underwhelming. So that's why I'm like, I see so many people trying to speculate. And I'm like, you know, is it really going to be? I mean, unless it's like, I mean, CM Punk, if it's CM Punk, I would pop for CM Punk because I miss seeing him on TV for almost, what, seven years now? Well, he said on oral sessions, <clears throat> with Renee Young that uh you know if he were to return it would more likely be the AEW side cuz like he's never been in the ring with the Bucks or Kenny Omega yeah. that's interesting to him God. Yeah I don't know we'll see If it is CM Punk I would be so so happy I mean I mean from from one Philip to another I I would be I'd be very yeah, I'd be very <laughs> happy And then maybe get his wife AJ Lee and help the women's division out Let's light it up, light it up, light it up. Right? I mean, oh, man. Okay, we shall wait and see. Uh, next up was the finals for the Women's World Title Eliminator Tournament. Uh, from the U.S. bracket, it was Nyla Rose. And taken on from the Japanese bracket, it was Ryo Mizunami. I've been trying to practice this one. Dude, this match, like, going into it, like, I was a little disappointed that Britt Baker didn't advance. Thunder Rosa lost. It was Nyla Rose. And I was like, oh, Nyla Rose. Like, they haven't done anything with her in recent months. So it was just kind of like a cold, you know, person they just threw in there. Um, uh, uh, Rio, though, I loved her energy and her charisma. I don't know much about her. I know she was on Dynamite what, a couple years ago. Or, uh, no, Double or Nothing a couple years ago now. But I yeah, loved I her was... energy. Yeah, dude. When, when when they had their match, we were like, who the hell, who the hell is this? <laughs> <laughs> No, like I mean, like she is the female Okada because you know she looks like that. I, that's what uh, I uh, look, man. It should have been either Thunder Rosa or really Britt Baker. Like, yeah, they have a they have like they have a limited window on when Britt Baker should win the championship. I'm just saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the match here, I thought was pretty good. You know, a lot of back and forth. I like uh, Rio's. Uh, you know, like I said, energy. She was grabbing the rope, or you know, uh, uh, like uh, we call it. Uh, 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 not break dancing, but like where you're like, like I'm like I'm, I'm uh, a mime where you're like grabbing the rope, pulling yourself. Uh, yeah, it was entertaining for what it was. And ultimately, she got the victory. And then Sheeta comes in the ring, hands her the trophy. And they start elbowing each other in the face, but they're laughing. So I don't know it was fun for what it was. I mean, okay, cool. So I guess we'll see their matchup and see how it plays out this Sunday. All right, uh, almost uh, towards the end here. So we see Tony Schiavone goes to the ring to interview Sting. 
Uh, I was like, what? Tony Schiavone stink again? Like, dude, I'm like so burnt out, man. This is what going on, what, uh, three months now? I don't know. I don't know about you. Like, I'm kind of so tired of seeing this. Um, but Ricky Starks come out. They start talking some crap. And then, uh, uh, you know, they try to put the beat down. Will Hobbs um, or Sting starts putting the beat down. Ricky Starks. Will Hobbs tries to make the save. Hook tries to, you know, uh, uh, choke out Sting here. Ricky Starks. Uh, um, uh, and then Brian Cage comes out. But then... Uh, um, and we saw, uh, wait, did uh, G or yeah, Darby comes into the ring and makes the save on Brian Cage. We see Sting do Stinger drop. It was like the kind of typical stuff here. I'm like, I don't know about G. What you think of this whole segment here? Um, it was better than him just pointing out a bet. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. So we see the Stinger splash and all that stuff. And like, all right, I just want to see this match and just get it over with. I think it's been really stretched out for far too long now. So I just want to see it get over with. It's almost entering. Um, Seth Rollins, Rey Mysterio, Dominic Mysterio territory as far as being over, like over told. So I was like, let's just yeah, get this, this will happen, and then Buddy Murphy will just join him again for no reason, <laughs> dude. Yeah, that's a whole. That's, that's a whole. That's a whole. Yeah, that's I, a whole I, I I saw that last night. I was like, what? what? Seth anyway. very well dressed, though I might say <laughs> exactly the hot pink suit. So, um, cool here. All right, so we saw another qualifier match for the face of the revolution ladder match. Um, we saw Dark, Dark Orders 10. <laughs> uh, Negative One came out with them. I thought that was cool. Taking on Max Caster of the Acclaim. Um, solid match here, but I will admit, the first hour of AEW Dynamite was, like, hot, man. Like, energy was up, everything. I thought the second hour, things started really cooling off. And then when this match hit, I just felt like it was, you know, I don't know about you, but you think about that? Like, it felt like things were, like, really cooling off at this point. Uh yeah, there was a there was a decline, and I'm like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was a solid match. I mean, these are two of the younger guys on the roster here. Uh, Jack Evans, a TH2, comes out and hits a negative. Or excuse me, hits a Dark Orders ten with the boombox, and Max gets the victory. We see Jack Evans goes up the ramp, and Matt Hardy hands him an envelope for forty two hundred dollars here, and uh, um, so yeah, good for them, I guess. Uh, all right, it's uh, it's gonna be interesting seeing Max Caster singles run, I guess, in this ladder match here. Uh, we saw a backstage promo with Miro. I'm like, all right, whatever. I just want Miro this match, this whole rivalry to be over with. So, well, whatever. I'm just, I'm getting so bored with it. I think Miro deserves a lot better and be booked a lot stronger. But whatever. All right, main event time. We saw Hangman Adam Page and John Silver from the Dark Order taking on Matt Hardy and Mark Quinn. Of private party, I thought yeah, it was a solid main event. But like I said, I think a lot of people their energy was at a little bit low just because like how hot the first hour was. I like how every time Hangman was in the ring, Matt Hardy refused to go in, so it really kind of adds some some tension and and anticipation that we really want to see this matchup on the pay per view. So, what did you think of this main event? How it played out? Uh, it was it was kind of lackluster for me. I mean, yeah. Um, uh, Hangman hit the buckshot on Quinn, and Quinn was just kind of dead for a little bit before uh, Paige even covered him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, Silver That's about had- it, man. Like, I, I don't yeah. have many thoughts about it. Yeah, yeah. So Silver was uh, guillotined over the top rope by Quinn. 
Hardy tagged Quinn, and Quinn hit a massive dropkick on Silver. Page tagged in and blasted Quinn with a pop-up powerbomb and then a buckshot lariat for the three count. Uh, Matt Hardy attacked Page and Silver with the microphone after the match, and then the Dark Order comes out to make the save, and Matt Hardy starts like sneaking away, and then all the other teams from this Sunday's Casino Battle Royale, Royale uh, sprint to the ring. It just, I like how kind of chaotic it turned into in the, felt like an episode from the Attitude Era where all these different teams are in the ring fighting each other. And then at the very end, Pac and Ray Phoenix come out and, you know, beat the crap out of everyone and look tall at the end. So and that's how Dynamite ended. So yeah, overall, very fun episode of Dynamite. I'm, uh, amped up for Revolution this weekend. So looking forward to it, man. So, all right. Shall we, uh, power through our predictions real quick? Is that cool with you? Yes, I have them here. Ladies and gentlemen, it is on the line. The richest prize in the game, the Bullet Cast Championship. Well, Brandon and I walk out sole winners, sole retention of the championship. Will Baby Huey win his fifth or will Cindy win her first and become the first ever female to hold the heavyweight championship? We are going to find out. Baby Huey, are you ready? I am ready, Let's go. Okay. So we have a casino tag team battle royale. Winner becomes the number of contenders to the AW tag team champions. It is every tag team that is not the Young Bucks and MJF <laughs> and Jericho. <laughs> I'm going to go with uh, uh, Death Triangle, Ray Phoenix and uh, um, uh, Pac. They just look they look strong at the end of Dynamite. Okay. And, uh, you know, they, they're on a tear earlier tonight, that squash match. That's what I'm leaning towards. All right. Next up, we have Miro and Kip Sabian going up against Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. It has to be Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. Just okay. <laughs> yes, like let them win, and then let Miro and Kip Sabian hopefully break up after this, and let Miro do a singles run. All right. Oh, <laughs> Taylor. Oh, almost wrote Sabian. Jesus, Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> Taylor. Okay. 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 All right, Adam Page versus Matt Hardy in a big money match. Loser has to give the victor, like, I think, what, 20 or 30% of their the, quarterly uh, earnings? No, their entire earnings for the thir- first quarter, so the first three entire months. Er- okay, all right, yeah. so Page um, or Hardy? It's got to be Hangman, hey, Adam Page. It's got to yeah. be. I'm going to let you know everybody has picked Hangman. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just it just makes sense, right? I, okay. I think it, it'll be funnier if uh if Matt loses. <laughs> All right, uh, Rio Mizunami versus Hikaru Shida for the AEW Women's World Championship. Um, I mean, like I said earlier, I wish it was Britt Baker or someone else like Thunder Rosa because I really thought one of them could ease. If they were in it, they were going to win. But the fact that Rio's in this, I think Shida is going to retain. And then hopefully they'll give okay. her a, a new storyline with someone else down the road. Shida, Shida, da, 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 da. All right. It is the face of the revolution ladder match. Winner gets an opportunity at the TNT Championship. There's Cody Rhodes, Scorpio Sky, Pentagon, Alzheimer, Miedo, uh, Lance Archer, and Max Caster, plus a mystery opponent. Mm. And Tony Khan did say that this person that Big Show was teasing is not going to be in the ladder match. Do you want to know who everybody else is picking before you make a decision? Sure. I'm picking Archer. Brandon is picking Pentagon. Cindy is picking Scorpio Sky. Interesting. Oh, by the way, Scorpio Sky was on his commentary this week, and he was kind of talking very heelish. So I wonder if he's uh, uh, going to be a heel now. I was kind of leaning towards mm-hmm. Archer. Archer's been booked so strong recently as a babyface monster. I'm going with Archer. You're going is that with Archer. As well? All right. I did pick Archer because it just makes sense. Yeah, you and me. It, it, it makes co- sense. Co-champions. 
No, that's never happening again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What, what else do we have here? All right. We have the Young Bucks versus Maxwell Jacob Friedman and Chris Jericho for the AW Tag Team Championships. Now, I know a year ago is when Jericho lost the world championship to John Moxley. And he the had, world went to hell. Yeah, I know, right? Jericho should still be champion. Everything would be fine still. Um uh, but no, I think the Young Bucks are going to retain here. I just think um, whatever happens here, Inner Circle loses, then it's going to lead to more turmoil. And who knows? Sammy Guevara could return and cost them the match. So Sammy Guevara is that wild card element. All right. Next up, we have Brian Cage and uh, Ricky Starks going up against TNT champion Darby Allen and the icon Sting if in I a was- street fight. If I was a betting man, I would put all my money on Sting and Darby Allen. There's no way Sting, who's Cody Rhodes' all-time favorite wrestler, making his first actual match in AEW is losing here. There's no way. It has to be Sting and Darby Allen. Okay. I'm, I'm the only one that picked Team Taz. Really? Oh, Because I'm, I'm like, they haven't won a lot. And, like, if they lose to, like, a skinny dude and an old man, that destroys their credibility. Yeah, that's true. That's that, that that that's how I thought about it. Okay. All right, and it is the main event. It is an exploding barbed wire death match for the All Elite Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship. The current champion, the current WWE champion, Kenny Omega, is going up against the <laughs> is going up against <laughs> is going up against the Prince of the Death Match, John Moxley. I, okay, so is this the rubber match between the three of them? Or was, no, um, between the three of them. Between yeah. the two. Uh, no, they actually yeah. had. That's no. the rubber. Oh, no, it's actually the fourth match, but one of them was non-sanctioned, right? So that's why Kenny, in Kenny's mind, it doesn't count, right? Wait, they had the unsanctioned? They had the title match at Winter is Coming, and oh, then okay. now this. Okay, okay, excuse yeah. me. Sorry, sorry. Um, Technically, it is the rubber. Okay, it's got to be Kenny Omega. Like, this storyline of yeah. him as a heel, it's not... You're not going to strip him of the title so soon. And, you know, Moxley's still the U.S. IWGP U.S. champion, which he retained over Kento... Last week was was pretty shocking. Um, I don't know what they're going to do with that. I wonder if Kenny will eventually take the IWGP US Championship off him at some point. You know, he's going to be a dad soon as well. So I don't know, you know, what's his timeline before he goes on paternity leave. But yeah, with Kenny and this new character, they're in the early stages of telling this story. They're not done yet. So Kenny's going to retain. I still think Hangman's going to be the one to eventually dethrone him later on this year. But yeah, Kenny Omega's retaining here. Okay, so is that all the picks right there? That is it. That is everything. Okay, so what are your picks? Go ahead. To tell me your picks. Since you already know mine now. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, it's already set in stone. Go ahead. What are your picks? All now? right. Uh, so I have Pac and Phoenix. I have Miro and Sabian. I have Hangman. I have uh, Rio for a new champion. I have Archer. I have Team Taz. I have Kenny Omega, and I have the Young Bucks. Brandon. He has Bear Country, which I don't even know that tag team. I don't know that tag team. I have no idea who they are. He uh, he also has Miro and Sabian, Hangman Page. He has Sheeta retaining. He picked Pentagon. He picked uh, Darby Allen and Sting. He has Omega and the Bucks. Cindy, she picks Ortana and Ortiz, which I don't understand why they're still a tag team. If they're not the official tag team of the Inner Circle. It doesn't make any sense. Okay. Yeah, she has, Ortana, she has uh, Santana and Ortiz. Uh, she picked Miro and Kip Hangman Rio as a new champion. She picked Scorpio Sky, Sting and Darby Allen, uh, Kenny Omega, and then she picked MJF and Chris Jericho. Oh, are we doing pre-show as well? The buy-in show? What? 
what I thought the tag team casino thing was on the buy-in. I thought that's, that's Rio, what that match was. Rio, Rio and Thunder Rose are taking on Britt Baker and Rebel. That's on the buy-in. I don't care about that. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I, mean, I don't care about okay. that. Okay. All right. So buy-in so, doesn't count. All right. All right. Okay. No, cool. The, the, this is this is it. This is it. All right, man. So you got my picks there. So it's all good. I'm looking I'm excited, forward, man. Yeah, just uh, like I said the other day, you know, please, you know, sh- uh, shine up the the belt. Make sure it's nice and ready for me. Hey, man, <laughs> you can have the old one. You want you want the old one? No, I don't. No, you, you, <laughs> it, it 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 looks nice. Or you know what? I'm I'm gonna send you a picture of something something I uh, something I, I'm I'm getting for myself. Maybe this will just be. Maybe I'll go start a new podcast with, with this name. I, I don't know. <laughs> we'll, uh, we'll, 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 we'll find out. Why don't awesome. you look at that? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, listen, another fun episode here. So much to talk about. Oh, I got a text from you. Uh... Ah, whoa. What's that? You just sent me. You you know what that is. You know what that wow. is, baby. Oh, my yeah. God. Can I talk about that? I, uh... Sure. Why not? What is this? The ECW, uh... the silver ECW title. Wow! Wait, yeah. is that you're getting that? Yeah. Shout awesome. out West Coast Design, dude. That's awesome. Oh, that's gonna be great, dude. Oh, not nah, great, great, great title right there. Awesome, man. Well, listen, another fun episode of In the Click here. Uh, Philip, where can all the clicksters find you online? You can find me on the Twitter and the Instagram and Staham. At Heel Antwine, H-E-E-L-A-N-T-W-I-N-E. Uh, the Bulletcast on Instagram, The Bulletcast on YouTube, at Bulletcast on Twitter. Uh, check out my interview with the hybrid athlete Tyson Maddox. He is the Bo Jackson and Deion Sanders of the game right now. Go, go check out my boy, the crisp Louis Vuitton uh, ring gear that he wears. We talk about his favorite wrestler being Sting, who's wrestling this weekend, and so much more. It's an awesome interview. My first wrestling interview of 2021. Looking to do a hell of a lot more. Also, follow my other podcast, Complex Conversations, C-O-M-P-L-E-X-X Conversations on Twitter and Instagram and YouTube. Uh, also, Chicle TV, Instagram and YouTube. Chicle, C-H-I-K-L-E TV. And follow my homie Vinny, uh, Vin Vicious on YouTube. It's his, uh, he's, a, he's a food competitor. He's a, he likes to challenge people and eat a lot of food in a short amount of time. Go <laughs> check out Vin Vicious on YouTube. Uh, he just uploaded a carne asada fried challenge, so go check all that stuff out. <laughs> Diamonds are forever. So is the microphone messiah. And Next time you hear my voice on the bullet cast recap of AEW Revolution, I will be and still the undisputed bullet cast world heavyweight champion. Why? Because I'm that damn good, baby Huey. See you later, Daniel. <laughs> damn it. Oh, wow. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, no, very fun episode. Thank you. And uh, by the way, I, I noticed uh, Pro Wrestling Tees have a big 20% off sale this weekend. So I encourage you to go to ProWrestlingTees.com, pick up. The Bullet Cash T-shirt over there. Am I right, Philip? Tell everyone to get the the merch as well. Yeah. So I called you Daniel. I wasn't supposed to talk again. Jesus. <laughs> you turned your mic off. Go, go get some Bullet Cash merch. You know you want it. I need to sell some more shirts so I can get another design up there. Please go do it, Daniel. You better buy one. Okay, I will. <laughs> so, I'm Baby Huey. Follow me on Facebook at Baby Huey Official, Twitter and Instagram at Baby Huey eighty three. Follow in the click on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. Subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Google, Stitcher, or on all the major podcast platforms. In the click at gmail.com. And go back 
and listen to our previous episode. That was a lot of fun. You were on there, my brother Tommy, our boy John LaRocca from the Fight Game Podcast. That was a lot of fun. We talked about Bobby Lashley winning WWE Championship. We talked about some other stuff. It was really fun. It was just, it was a different dynamic as far as all of us, uh, uh, roundtable style talking about the current events at that time. So I really enjoyed that episode. It was a lot of fun. We got to do that again very soon. And yeah, please thank you for all the continuous support. A lot of big things coming up. Like they said, we have so many episodes coming up soon, which is everything going on in the pro wrestling world. So much to keep track of. So on that note, let's go home. And that's the bottom line because Huey said so.